Praise the Lord. Now, I want to start back over here in Genesis chapter 15 to catch us up with uh, what's happening here. Because guess what? The Lord told, uh, he told Abraham, oh, this was going to happen. Let me get here to it. And it was not like, oh, it's prophetical. No, it was his grandkids. God promised him, you're going to have so many kids. Remember, Abraham thought, I can't even have kids. Okay. Matter of fact, notice what he says here. Uh, Jehovah spoke to Abraham in a vision, and he said, hey, don't be fearful, Abraham. I'll defend you. Boy, we need to remember that. We're protected today. I don't care if it's financial, sickness, whatever, cars, whatever. The Lord's going to defend you, and I'll give you great blessings. Now, look at his response. Lord, I I realize these great blessings, but what good are they if I don't have a son? Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) You're not, you're going to have a, he says, uh, Abram was saying, without a son, somebody else is going to inherit my stuff. He says, no, no one else is going to be your heir. You're going to have a son to inherit everything you own. God took Abram out beneath the nighttime sky and said, look to the heavens. Remember this? Your descendants will be that many, too many to count. And Abraham believed God. Now, this is very important. Then God considered him righteous on account of his faith. Now, that carries all the way through the New Testament because we're not going to be saved because we quit smoking, because we quit this, because we're not this and not this and what this, what this. It's trusting the Lord. You can't earn your way to heaven. Uh-uh. Wow. Otherwise, God could have just forgave Adam and said, that's all right, I'll let you go. Now, don't touch that tree anymore now. No, the day they eat of it, boom, death was lodged into their life. Okay. And it took Jesus to break it years later. But now watch this. Now I'm in the same chapter, same stories going on. Abraham comes along later after he mentions that. And he says, because God said, I'm going to give you this. uh, He said, I brought you out of the city of Ur to give you this land. That's the promised land. Remember, flowing with milk and honey. But today as Christians in the United States, we're like, well, yeah, I I I hit a bump. And lost my job, and I guess God wants me to be nicer to those. That's asinine. We'll always learn to be nice. When you're laying on your bed at night, you'll think, you know, I could have done something better than that. But to blame the blessings that are not happening in your life because, you know, you're not the kind of Christian God wants you to be. Oh, my goodness. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You're not getting these blessings because of performance. You're getting these blessings because it's actually because of Abraham, because of the Lord. He just gives them to you. Okay, so anyway, so Abram says, well, how can I be sure that you'll give it to me? So the Lord said, take, to him, take a, a three-year-old heifer. Moo, okay, it's a cow. We can relate. A goat, a ram, a turtle dove, and a, pi- a young pigeon. Slay them, whoosh, cut them in part down the middle. Now just, it's pretty easy to get to. Just set up, separate them. Except he said, don't divide the birds. Now notice this. When the vultures came down, man, I'll tell you, I'm familiar with this. You ever seen them suckers, man? Well, he's sitting there waiting, and all these vultures come down. Well, he shoos them all away. Then he falls asleep. He's been waiting a long time. Well, look what happened. Then the Lord said, uh, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram in a vision of terrible foreboding darkness and horror. Okay, whatever that was. Okay. Jehovah told him, your descendants will be oppressed as slaves in a foreign year, in a foreign land for 400 years. Abraham told him this. But he said, I'll punish that nation. Now watch this. That enslaves them, and at the end, they'll come out with great wealth. Now let's don't forget this. I love to mention this because we need to understand this is true. But you will die in peace at a ripe old age. Do you know 
That's one of the first commandments with promise that was etched out in stone. Honor your father and mother and you'll live long on the earth and it'll be well with you. Somehow we think, you know, oh, you never know. Could be out camping and propane tank might blow up on you, you know, and, and you might something. I mean, an airplane may fall and a tree may fall on you. We call it accidents and whatever. Listen, God's protection plan is so fantastic. He said this would happen. Abraham made it. He lived over 153 years old. But anyway, now, what I want you to see, look at this. They'll come out with great wealth. So let's jump ahead here and let's see what happens. Let's go to the book of Exodus here. Actually, we'll go to chapter 3 where this is 400 years later. Moses is talking with uh, the Lord. Okay, now, uh, the burning bush is taking place, all this kind of stuff. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to tell you to go get, tell them, let my people go. And let's see where it says it right here. Moses is saying, well, how are they going to believe me? Whatever. But anyway, he says, you're going to go to a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, that never did change. Wow, look at that. Look at this. And I'll see to it that the Egyptians load you down with gifts. That's the reason it's so important to believe the Bible. Don't listen to what people say about money. Ask the Lord. Do you know what's so crazy? Is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, He... Um, he says that, oh, oh, well, let's just look at that real quick. I'll come right back. Oh, 2 Corinthians, look at chapter 8. Actually, these two chapters are talking about money. They're not talking about anything else. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8, verse 9 here. Let's see, where am I at? Second, oh, I'm in chapter 1. Excuse me. Yeah, jump back over here. 2, 3, come on. Be with me there. Let's go. Come on. Here we go. Catch up. It actually says, Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Wow. Look at this. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus is. Now, sometimes in Christianity and today in America... We just need to know he loves us. Oh, that's what it's all about. I just know Jesus loves me. And I'm being creamed on Wall Street. I'm being creamed at work. I'm being creamed financially everywhere. And we separate the two. Oh, can't love God and money. We don't love God and money. Well, the truth is, sometimes in that kind of believing, we're a little ticked off because we don't, we've, we've never been hurt. We never heard this or we were taught not to believe it. You know, what filthy money. Oh, what filthy money. Well, that's filthy streets of gold. And I can't believe when we die, we're going to a place that I have not seen nor ear heard the things God's prepared for us. So we, we, this is part of our shake, rattle, and roll to tell the world how great Jesus is. Let the Lord bless your socks off. Incredible. Okay, wait. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. That though he was very rich, he left his throne in glory. Remember that? Okay. Yet to help you, he became so very poor. Now, this is money-related, chapters 8 and 9 out of 2 Corinthians. It's talking about an offering to send to Jerusalem to bail out the ones that had bad poverty hit them. It was a famine that hit. So that by being poor, who had some mistake? No, it's not a mistake. Look at that. He can make you rich. Man. I wish it was so. Oh, it is so. Now go back to where we were. God promised 400 years ago that these guys were going to come out with such great wealth. So Moses is told by the Lord. He says, okay, uh, 
there, he says, the king is not going to let you go except without pressure. I'm going to give you all the pressure he needs. <laughs> he sure did. Anyway, all these miracles. Look at this. And I'll see to it that the Egyptians load you down with gifts when you leave. By no means will you go out empty-handed. Boy, I, you know, things like this is what helped me less than two months ago when it looked like every application I was filling out, I was not going to. It looked like. They don't even know you're around. Well, thank God they don't have to know I'm around. I knew Jesus knew I was around. I couldn't have asked for a better place where I just landed. Incredible. Anyway, look at this. Every woman, don't you like the word every? Praise the Lord. Will ask, oh, look at those hateful jewelry. It's not hateful. Mercy. Silver, gold, finest clothes from her Egyptian masters and neighbors. You'll clothe your sons and daughters with the best of Egypt. I tell you, I don't even know if we'll even get as far as I want to get to, but we're sure going to have fun. Watch this. Look at this. Genesis chapter 1. The Lord created the heavens and the earth. Six days, seven days, he rested. Notice this. Recap of it. Here's a summary of the events. Now look at this. All right, here's some plants, whatever. You know, he's fixing them. He planted a garden, la-da-da-da-da. Here's the tree of knowledge and good and evil, whatever. Look at this. A river flowed through the garden to water it, divided into four branches. One of these names was Pishon. It winds along the length of the land of Havilah, where nuggets of pure gold are found. Man, the Lord sure has fell for, you know, this wealth stuff. This is, he, cre- he did everything. He owns the Grand Canyon. He owns Jupiter, Mars, and Venus, and everything. Look, it ain't even the end. Also, beautiful bedillium and even lapis lazuli. Wow. Man, mercy. So don't worry if you got a nice piece of jewelry, you got a nice watch. Don't take it off thinking, I'm going to offend somebody. I need to look poverty born. No, you don't. You're not. And if you've got something that makes you look like you're a little bit beneath these land, uh, land flowing with milk and honey and it looks like you're eating rotten tomatoes and whatever, that's when you should remember to pray. Lord, wait a minute. I, I want what you promised me. I'm supposed to have a land full of milk and honey and all these good things and watch the Lord do it. Okay, so that got us through. The Lord told Moses, yeah, buddy, all your guys are going to come out with great wealth. So now let's jump ahead in uh, Exodus to where some of this took place. The 11th chapter, they've already had the plague of darkness. Let's see, something in 11 I wanted to see. Oh, right to start, yeah. He said, uh, look at this. He said, I'll send just one more disaster. Boy, this was the death angel, okay? In fact, he'll be so glad to get rid of you, he'll throw you out of the country. Look at this. Tell the women and children... Of course, you know Moses wasn't going to do this because the Lord needed a little lesson in financial stuff. That's so stupid. And we're supposed to think about the Passover? Man, the Passover should remind you that you are blessed financially. I can remember the Passover. I can at least remember the table of the Lord. Do you all have communion at your church? It's related to the same thing. Wow. Tell all the men and women to ask their Egyptian neighbors for gold and silver and jewelry. Whew. Now, you remember later on when Moses was up on the mountain, probably two, three months from now. I think it's about two months. Everybody thought Moses was gone. Is he ever coming back down that mountain? So they went to Aaron, his brother, and said, Hey, make us an idol so that we could worship it. Oh, brother. 
What did Aaron tell him to do? He said, everybody give me one of your gold earrings. What are you doing with that much gold? Hello, they had gold hanging all over them. There was so much gold that Aaron had enough. And they built this stupid cow. Moo! Yeah, that's what brought you out of Egypt. A cow. Golly. But you know, you and I will go doing the same thing if we don't stay reading the Bible. We'll come up with our own little ideas. But don't do that. Okay, so here they go. So anyway, he said, ask gold and silver. Now, the 12th chapter, I want to go back about halfway down this one. Okay, because he's talking about, get ready, the, uh, put the blood on the doorpost, because at midnight, so here we go. This is when it happens. Now, watch what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, notice this is going to be a permanent law. Okay. Oh, all right. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, when you're, and he says, when you come into the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, when you are celebrating the Passover and your children ask, but see, today, we, nobody asked. We don't even know the word Passover is two words. Passover. You're safe. Passover. All we know is, you can't sleep before you go to bed at night. Pew. One, two. And we should think, boy, last year, Passover. Pew. This year, Passover. This year, praise the Lord. So your kids say, what does this mean? But nobody's celebrating. Even today, we have Easter. Easter, Easter. And occasionally, maybe somebody may toss out the word Passover. And they don't get it. Some people have not even heard that the, that the Jews came out of uh, uh, Egypt. They, I mean, they, that they were rescued. They just, they've never heard the story. Well, that's our fault. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, everybody bowed their heads and they said, we're going to do it. Okay, and that night, here we go. This is like the 22nd day, 22nd day, since the first day Moses walked in there and said, hey, let my people go. At midnight, Jehovah killed the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt, the Pharaoh's oldest sons to the eldest of the captain in the dungeon. Now remember, Pharaoh was killing all of their boys in chapter one. Throw them in the Nile, kill them. Wow. Anyway, all the firstborn of the cattle, the Pharaoh and his officials and all the people of Egypt got up in the night and there was bitter uh, crying throughout all the land of Egypt. There was not a house that was not one dead. Now, I got to think about this because the scripture says here right above this that uh, those officers that were near uh, Pharaoh heard this, especially when the, uh, the hail was going to hit. They tore out running. They believed Moses. Well, some of those officers were here there and we don't know which one of those came running to Moses after it's over with and said, I can't lose my son. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? And he said, well, here's what you better do. And you have no idea who among the Egyptians did this little, let's take a lamb for the family. Let's kill it. Let's cook it. Let's take its blood and let's put it on the post and see what happened. Wow. Because the Lord said it would work for the, uh, all those in your household that were not Jews. Okay. Anyway. Again, it's all a matter of trust in the Lord. Okay, so anyway, so everybody, somebody in the house had died. He summoned Moses and Aaron during the night. Leave us. Please go uh, and serve your God and serve Jehovah as you go. Look at this. Take your flocks and herds. Be gone. Look at this little phrase. Oh, and give me a blessing as you go. See, Pharaoh knew who the Lord was. Just like Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Daniel, what, 12 chapters? Mm, it, Something like that. It's not very big. But by the third chapter, uh, and the, well, by the fourth chapter and the fifth chapter, oh, actually the fourth chapter, Nebuchadnezzar's like, there ain't no God but your God. Actually, he said that at the end of the, actually, it, Nebuchadnezzar's a great guy. We're going to see him in heaven. Anyway, the Egyptian, look at this, were so urgent 
upon the people to get them out of the land as quickly as possible. They said, we're as good as dead. The Israelis took with them the bread dough without yeast, bound their kneading troughs and their spare clothes, and carried them on their shoulders. And the people of Israel, look at that, there it is, did as Moses said and asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry for clothing. Now look at this. The Lord gave the Israelis favor with the Egyptians so that they gave them whatever they wanted. Now, oh, it's a misprint. Well, look at the next misprint. The Egyptians were practically stripped of everything they owned. Wow. That night, the people left Ramses. Of course, that place never existed before. Yes, it does. It's on the map. Okay. Here's where you get some numbers at. There were 600,000 of them besides the women and children. The feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. That was men only. That's the reason your estimates, you know, well, they didn't, didn't mention how many women were there. So the, probably the 5,000 was probably close to, could have been about 12,000 people there, counting kids and all, whatever. Or let's just say it was 8,000, whatever. This is where we get 6 million Jews from. It was 600,000 Besides the women and children, what, a bunch of men leaving? No. They're, they had their sheep and they had everybody to go. So you do the math and stuff. You know, if you had one husband, you got to have one wife probably. And occasions, they probably had two, maybe another wife or three. And how many kids? And so basically, you got six million people leaving. It wasn't like, well, yeah, four or five of us, we're going to leave. This, this whole thing was incredible. The scriptures teach us, this is so strong. This story is so real. It's the second book of the Bible called Exit, Exit. We leaving Exodus. The psalmist wrote, and you look it up for yourself. And it says he brought them out again. The psalmist writes, da, 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 da. he brought them out with silver and gold. It's Psalm seventy-eight, I believe it is. Uh, brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble one among them. Oh, I can't go this weekend. I can't go. Tell Moses I can't go. Man, they could all go. Praise the Lord. And so, what does that tell me today? Man, what a miracle. He got them out. What stories you can tell your kids. And then all this great stuff. And then Joshua was told by Moses that the same miracles he did here, he'll do for you when you go in the promised land. Can you imagine Jericho? We could stop right now and say, today's message is Jericho. It was like the Talladega 500 around the wall. They had chariot races around the top, they say. And what happened to those walls? Well, a little earthquake to tremor hit right there. It's worse than an earthquake. The doggone walls completely disintegrated and went into the ground. And on top of that, there was a harlot. A despised hooker who wound up being in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, how'd she get in there? Well, she was one of the people in town there. She was a hooker lived at the gate right there, and she protected two Israeli spies that came in there to see just what kind of place this was. And she snuck them. Well, she hit them in the roof till the town council quit questioning her. And then she let them escape out the window, and she said, before I let you escape, you promise me you're going to keep me safe when you all raid this place. And those Israelis, the Israelis said, we swear that we will not attack you and your family. Oh, but make sure your whole family is in this house because we're going to wipe everybody else out. And she says, okay, Rahab the harlot said, okay. So she let him escape. And that's exactly what happened. You can read in Joshua chapter 4, 5, 6, wherever it is. Joshua finds out about it and he says, okay, team, we go in there. Don't mess with Rahab over here. <laughs> Don't mess with her because she's on our side. Golly. But remember they walked around that city seven times. They blew the trumpets and all of a sudden, wow. So why is all this so important? 
I don't know what you're faced with, but we're going to be all right. You remember how great God's been and what he's done? Okay, so this is the 12th chapter. So they, they hit the trail. Now look at this little important fact that was sitting right there for us to see. I started a few moments ago in Genesis 15 when Abraham said, I don't have a kid. What good are all these blessings? <laughs> and God said, well, I got one about your kids. And God always has one about your kids. I don't care who you are, male, female, whatever problems you may have. You can go to the, the um, you know, how to be a dad clinics and whatever and, and learn to have it. It's fixed. In this, this chapter right here, it says, there will none cast their young. Yeah, maybe 22, but anyways, uh, there'll be none barren. <laughs> God don't know anything about statistics. You know, one out of ten women can't have kids. No, God does not know that statistic because it doesn't work with him, praise the Lord. Anyway, back to this. So when God had told Abraham in chapter 15, he says the sons of Jacob and their descendants had lived in Egypt 430 years, okay? It was at the last day of the 430th year that Jehovah's people left the land. Wow, they got out. Now remember, there's something else fixing to happen. We'll speed through to get right to it. Okay. All right, anyway, so they get that very day. See, that's why the timetable is 22 days. That very day, he got them out. Look at that, wave after wave crossing the border. I'm going to skip chapter 13 because this is very important. You hear the words firstborn. And the Lord said, everybody's firstborn is mine. Cow, sheep, oxen, even your kids. But you didn't have to sell your child to the Lord. You could actually buy him back. And it was about $2.20 is all it was. He'd read the Living Bible. Because God wasn't going to take your child. But it's important to know first, firstborn. What's the firstborn got to do with it? Jesus. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He gave, put him up there for you and I. Wow. But anyway... But anyway, this firstborn stuff, is, is, uh, is, is, it's neat to realize what that's about. Okay, now down toward the end, let's get, here we go. So Pharaoh let them go. God didn't lead them through the land of the Philistines, though it was the most direct route to the promised land. The reason was God felt they might become discouraged having to fight their way through, even though they left Egypt. Look at that, armed. Wow. He thought they might return to Egypt. Instead, he led them along the route to the Red Sea. Oh, really? Oh, here comes that story. Moses took the bones of Joseph with them. Now, why did that happen? Don't have time to spend on this story, but Joseph said, you boys swear to me. <laughs> this is a coat of many colors. This is second to Pharaoh guy, you know. He said, you swear to me that my bones do not stay in Egypt. Well, he was in a, what's known as a coffin, we call it today. His bones were in a coffin. Boy, they took him out. They took his bones with them. So here they go. They left this place. And notice this. The Lord guided them with a pillar of a cloud during the daytime and a pillar of fire by night. And I tell you, I use that so much. The Bible says the Lord says the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Now, that sun could be a scorcher out there, and you've got to do something or whatever. Use your head biblically and begin to think, Lord, I need a little air conditioning out here. And watch the clouds start rolling in. <clears throat> you can do what you want to. Sweat if you want to. But I tell you what, I'll, I'll look for it all the time. Here we go. Now, Moses, uh, uh, Jehovah, the Lord said to Moses, tell the people to turn toward whatever, Decatur, you know, just below Gunnersville, whatever. Opposite this, da-da-da-da-da. Pharaoh will think these Israelis are trapped between the desert and the sea. Look at this. Once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart and will, he'll chase after you. I plan this, look at this, to gain great glory over Pharaoh and his armies. And the Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord. Matter of fact, the whole world, uh, at the time, found out how great God was. Word reached Pharaoh that they were not planning to return to Egypt after three days. Remember, that's what Moses had said. 
He said, well, we're going to go for about three days or whatever. Well, they were going to be gone for gone, for good. Uh, what's this they've, we've done? Letting these slaves get away. Pharaoh led his chase and his chariot, followed by the pick of the Egyptians' chariots, 600 chariots and all. Oh, too many details for this lie. I mean, it's so easy. You know, it's not a lie. That's the reason we have the details. He pursued them. Now remember, <laughs> for they had taken much of the wealth. I tell you what, the Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And it'll eventually wind up in your hands. Pharaoh's entire cavalry, chariots, horses, charioteers were used in the chase. And the Egyptian army overtook the people. Boy, they got them. They got all the way there. Oh, you get there, watch what happened. Horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Here we go. The Egyptian army approached. The people of Israel saw them in the distance, speeding after them. Boy, they were terrified. At least they did the right thing. They cried out to the Lord. Oh, don't now. We can't always count on the Lord to help you. You never know when God. Never know. We better have some help here in the next 20 minutes, you know. They turned to Moses. Now they're whining here. They said, What'd you bring us out here to die for? Aren't there enough graves in Egypt? Isn't this what we told you? Leave us alone. Moses said, Don't be afraid. Stand where you are. Watch and see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. What's something we need to know today? David said that when he was dying. He said, the Lord who delivered me out of every disaster. You know, I, he said, I swear by it. The one who delivered me from every problem all my life. Your son, my, your son Solomon will be king. Boy, that's what happened. Okay, then the Lord said, quit. Look at that. Quit praying. Get the people moving. March forward. Use your rod. Hold it over the water. No, oh, come on. Fairy tales, fairy tales, fairy tales. Oh, it's not fairy tales. So funny. I was, we were talking about Earl. You know, watching the name of, what is it, My Name is Earl on Netflix. And on this comedy, he has a tattoo on the front. But remember that guy said, you want to see my Moses part in the Red Sea on the backside? You know? I mean, we don't need this humor. If all, and it wouldn't be funny today if, I think these things happened. Well, you did. Wow. Even though so many people, they try to deny it. Now, it's, either, it's either true or it's not. Jesus thinks it's true. Jesus was standing on a mount of transfiguration right next to Moses. Clothes shining like crazy, talking with Elisha and Moses. Hmm. Anyway, I'm going to harden the Egyptians. Oh, anyway, he says, he said that it's going to open up and you're going to walk through on dry ground. Now, see, that's a dead gum lie. I was told when I was in college, well, it was just shallow water. God don't need no help. He created this place in six days. Oh, he needed evolution. Evolution is a disaster. It ain't getting better. You know, it's getting worse. You leave your car out there in the sunshine, see what happens to it. It don't get better. Woo, it turned into a Corvette. Woo, no, it didn't either. It's going to get tore to pieces. Anyway, I'm going to harden the Egyptians' heart. They'll go in after you and see the honor I get in defeating Egypt and the armies and chariots. Look at that. All Egypt will know. See, that's important. Look at this. The angel of God who was leading the people through Israel moved the cloud behind them and stood between the people of Israel and the Egyptians. That night it was changed to a pillar of fire. It gave darkness to the Egyptians but light to the people of Israel. So the Egyptians couldn't find them. Oh, mercy. Meanwhile, Moses stretched out his rod over the sea. The Lord opened it. Look at the description. The walls of water on each side. A strong each wind blew that night, drying the, the sea bottom. So the people of Israel walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the Egyptians followed them between the walls of water on the bottom of the sea. All of Pharaoh's chariots, horses, and horsemen. But look at this. But early uh, in the morning, Jehovah looked down from the cloud of the fire upon the array of Egyptians and began to harass them. Remember, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. 
their chariot's wheels <laughs> began coming off. I'm pulling to the right a little bit. <laughs> His wheel fell off. Let's get out of here, the Egyptian shield. Jehovah is fighting for them and against us. Man, if the Lord be on your side, who can be against you? Oh, I wish that was for us. <laughs> it is us. All right, anyway, when all the Israelis were done here, watch this. When all the Israelis were on the other side, the Lord said, stretch out your hand over the sea. So the waters will come back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses did this and the sea, oh, wouldn't wouldn't that have been a disaster? The sea returned to normal beneath the morning light. The Egyptians tried to flee, but the Lord drowned them in the sea. The, The water covered the path of the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh and chased after them throughout the sea. Not one of them remained. Wow. The people of Israel walked through on dry land and waters walled up on either side of them. I mean, do you see how ridiculous this is? Same ridiculousness that we see thinking that on the third day Jesus rose from the grave. Yeah, (laughs) all right, yeah. He did rise out of that grave. They couldn't find him. And they did go through this Red Sea like that. These guys were washed up on the sea. When the people of Israel saw the mighty miracle the Lord had done for them against the Egyptians, look at this. They were afraid and revered the Lord and believed in him and his servant Moses. Wow. Next chapter, not going to do it, but anyway. And they sang a song, horse and the rider thrown into the sea. And then it went on to the next chapter. Miriam gets out there with a tambourine. Man, they were having a hootenanny. I think it's 500 years later. David's king, his son Solomon's king. Solomon went out there and put a monument right there where they crossed. At the place where it never happened. Oh, it did happen. And why were we supposed to know all these things? Well, number one, it's in our Bible. It's not so we can say I went to Western Civ class. It's to remind us today, praise the Lord, the Lord's going to help me. Boy, they came out with their money bags. They were blessed. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good today, you'll fix that. There was not one feeble one among them. All these people had to leave whether it looked like they were well or not, so you must have took care of them, and you'll take care of us. Same thing's true financially. Obviously, we've seen if we're hurting today financially, oh, you'll fix that. And if we're faced with some problem, maybe like the enemy's behind us and it looks like we're doomed, you're going to split the Red Sea for us. Hallelujah. You'll keep us safe, is what you said. That doesn't leave anything left, but for us to leave details like this in our own life, telling people how great you are for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Wow, incredible. I had... uh...